Hi guys, how are you going? Um, it's Mr. McCormack here and I am rediscovering the podcast. Um, I really do hope that you're doing okay and that the last few days uh, have probably been a little bit stressful for you and, and for other people in your year group as we've had to move to at-home learning. What I want to do in this first podcast um, on conflict in Europe, and we'll get to that in a minute, is just remind you of a few important things about learning at home that I need you to be really mindful of. I'll be communicating with you primarily through Canvas, and you can see that uh, that setup in our normal Canvas page when you click on uh, the Canvas tile, and you come in and click on um, Mr. McCormack's class, the little green button, and then come in and click on the week and where you'll find what I need you to be looking at, thinking about, reading, considering for that week in modern history. I think that's pretty clear to everybody. I know you know how Canvas works and I know you know how to find your way around in there. So that's that. The other place you need to be going to is your Google Drive area and accessing our Google book or our, our sort of our Google Doc that I've shared with you and myself um, between the two of us. And I want to stress this point. I need you to do your activities, questions I ask, some note making in this Google Doc. Um, basically, without being too blunt, I really want to see what you're doing and how you're going. So as early as from this week, and as I say, and as I speak to you right now, it's um, the 19th of March. Um, so you're clear about that and, and adding content to your your Google Doc. Now, if you prefer to write your answers somewhere else on your laptop and then paste them in here so I can see them, then I, I appreciate that uh, as long as I can see them. So that's the main things to do with learning at home. Of course, we can interact via email and we can work things out like that, that's totally fine. But uh, I, I guess I need you to be aware of those two things. In terms of resources for the rest of the term, there's a few key areas that I need you to be mindful of um, that are, are kind of key things. The first one is for every dot point that we'll cover for the rest of term, sort of three and a bit weeks, um, there's the PowerPoint that I will share with you in Canvas, they're also in our Google folder, um, for you to save, have a look through and read, they'll be there. <clears throat> the second thing will be uh, the student notes that I was obviously giving you in class. A lot of those had coloured pictures and different coloured boxes and I'm going to paste them basically at the beginning of each week. Now you can download those and I'll refer to those as we go. The third thing is these podcasts um, and obviously the textbook from Ken Webb, the one called Conflict in Europe with the brown and grey cover that you need to be looking at as well. So they're kind of the three or four main sources of things just to remind you. We've got our PowerPoint, we've got our student notes, the ones that I've put on Canvas, we've got these podcasts and we've got the textbook for conflict in Europe. They're basically the three or four main things. So as long as that's clear, if you want to ask me a question about that, flick me an email. 
uh, tomorrow. If nothing, um, if nothing is a problem there, then that's totally fine. So <clears throat> from here, I want to really jump into the next major sort of point in our topic, which really leaps over into one of the most significant battles of World War II. Let's do a one to two minute recap of, of what we've talked about so far in that we've looked at all the causes of World War II, all the build-up to World War II, and obviously then the the invasion of, of Poland by Germany and the ways in which the German army was very successful throughout um, <clears throat> mid to late 1939. And definitely uh, we saw that with the Blitz, uh, the Blitzkrieg, um, and we also had some criticism of that, which I think was fairly valid in the way they invaded Poland, which they sort of shared with the Soviet Union, who also invaded Finland. And then we have this period into the early 1940s where not a lot happened, um, but things ramp up quickly with Germans' sort of uh, attack of what became known as, or you know, commonly called of, of the Low Countries. So we see the Nazis fairly successfully uh, invade Denmark and Norway and France and Belgium and Luxembourg and Holland and it's interesting at this point, uh, when they're doing these things around May 1940, that Churchill, Britain, uh, becomes Prime Minister. And we see the ultimate failure of appeasement there, um, which you guys are experts on from your essay, which you all loved so much. Uh, Holland surrenders to, the, surrenders to the Nazis and we move through 1940 at sort of great pace and eventually the French surrender around June 1940 and Hitler kind of takes a tour of Paris and gets some nice selfies in front of the uh, the Eiffel Tower and the Arc de Triomphe and really kind of sets the stage for the way in which uh, the Nazis will deal with Britain and we've looked at that we've looked at the Battle of Britain kind of now moving into the summer of 1940 we looked at the the skirmishes and the dogfights over British in British skies, the Operation Sea Line, which was kind of a failure and abandoned. And then Hitler kind of shifts gear in September of 1940 and really changes tact into what you remember is called the, the Blitz and his attack on British cities, civilian targets, people's homes, churches, businesses. And it really kind of is a nasty, a nasty campaign. Um, and it is to some extent successful. However, historians would argue that it really bolsters British morale and inspires uh, Churchill and really kind of makes a fairly uh, steely um, uh, pact with the people of Britain and, and their resolve to beat um, the Nazis later on, but we'll get to that. Um, interestingly, at that point, we also... Um, see some events happening in other parts of the world that we can't really look at in too much detail but it's kind of important that you know um, what's happening and I guess what I'm talking about there is that there's campaigns happening in other parts of the world that will become relevant for us later and what I'm talking about is for instance the Italians Mussolini you remember who had significant interest in the continent of Africa the Italians actually invade Egypt now at that time is sort of firmly under um, British control and that becomes a major issue for Britain and
and we'll get to what happens in North Africa a little bit later. Moving in towards the end of 1940, the Germans kind of cancel or postpone Operation Sea Line and kind of return to that a little bit later. And as we start rolling in towards the end of 1940, uh, a few things happen that, that are important to think about. Um, but really, the German army under under Hitler and, and his generals starts to gear up for something else. And that's where we come to with the plans to invade the Soviet Union and the plans to invade Russia. Um, before they do that, the Nazis spend a little bit of time, I'm now in early-ish to moving towards um, March and April in 1941, where the Nazis, for example, basically invade and occupy Greece and Yugoslavia, uh, countries heading down towards the east and southeast of, of Europe. The, the Greeks surrender to the Nazis and they kind of keep edging their way further and further east towards the Soviet Union. And we kind of get this um, emerging pattern of finally the Nazis are sort of starting to fulfill <clears throat> what they had envisaged with the ideology of Lebensraum and Autarki, which we've talked about, which you all know about. And in June 1941, this is important, June 1941, we see the invasion of the Soviet Union in what's called Operation Barbarossa. Now, this is a direct syllabus point, guys. It's really important. It is one of the most amazing, horrific, uh, expansive, numerous, in terms of the, the, the resources and soldiers used, um, battles in history. Uh, it is the, till this day, and I, I doubt it will ever change, is the largest land invasion in, in human history of what the Germans attempt to undertake. So we roll into June 1941 and the German forces begin the invasion of the Soviet Union, um, which was really in Hitler's planning for a long time. And Hitler himself comes up with the name. It's named after a, a 20th, sorry, a 12th century um, Roman emperor called Barbarossa. And he, he imagines this is going to be, you know, the... the the, the crowning glory of, of his Eastern campaign. And we shouldn't be surprised why he's doing this. So just ask yourself the question, why is Hitler undertaking this grand invasion? Because historians debate this a lot. And in fact, they debate it enough to say that if he didn't do this, um, the, world, uh, the World War II may have had a very different outcome um, because... Spoiler alert, the actual invasion of Russia in the long term is, is unsuccessful and they don't conquer the Russians. But we know why he's doing it. We know why he's pursuing Lebensraum, his ideas of racial purity. The Slavs of Russia are racially in, inferior. There's plenty of Jews there. We can deal with them, about four or five million, in fact. Um, and there's also this sort of focus on immediate um, goals and some short term goals for, in, for invading Russia. Um, as you look through the PowerPoint and your notes, you'll see that the sheer size of the Soviet Union is overwhelming. It is huge. Um, it dwarfs any other country 
in this contest. It absolutely is staggering to think how uh, how big it is. However, this is the plan the Nazis had. So in Spring 41, um, Hitler's, we know that Hitler's control of Europe was pretty absolute and pretty uncontested. I guess Britain will come back again and, and fight another day after the Battle of Britain, and, and indeed that we know that ends in a, a stalemate of sorts. Um, but Hitler's power really is starting to stretch across the European continent, which is concerning. It's concerning for Britain. It's concerning for America. It's concerning, I guess we can say, for Russia. But let's not forget that the Nazis and the Soviets have uh, that non-aggression pact that they agreed to, and maybe Stalin's hoping that Hitler's going to really, I guess, honour that. Now, you and I know that at this point in history, Hitler's not great at honouring his commitments. If we look at the Munich Conference, for example, and the embarrassment for Chamberlain and the, the, the appeasement failure, we know that, uh, that Hitler is quite, quite deceitful and quite dishonest in, in, what, in what and how things work out. Um, so we roll into to mid-1941 and we see the foundations being laid for this substantial invasion of Russia. Uh, interestingly, Stalin, the, the, the Russian dictator, who has been kind of doing his own thing in Russia since the early to mid-1920s when he takes over from, from Lenin, who, who dies, I think, in 1924, I think. Um, and it, on the whole, it's interesting because he, he's not ready for, for Hitler's invasion. And in fact... He, he's so not ready that, that it comes as quite a surprise, which, which can only leave us feeling a little bit shocked and amazed. Um, the British intelligence, back all the way over in Britain, actually warned him that this was coming. Um, and he didn't care. Um, and he chose to ignore it, which, which is pretty stupid and pretty foolish. Um, even a week before the attack, um, Russia was still having ongoing trading and, and shipping out goods to Germany. Um, and it's just staggering to think that in a few days' time, the tanks, the Luftwaffe, the Wehrmacht, were going to start rolling into the Soviet Union. Let's get an idea of the size of the attack. And again, if you're listening to this podcast, have the student notes section open or the PowerPoint and have a look at some of the statistics as I'm saying this, that we're talking about 3.2 million men. These things should be in your notes, guys. 3.2 million men. We're talking about 600,000 trucks. Almost 3,500 tanks. Uh, 2,000 combat aircraft. Uh, we're talking about thousands of other troops that the Nazis enlisted in this battle. It wasn't just German troops. Romanian, Hungarian, Italian, who are all have an alliance with Germany, and remember they're called the Axis powers. The other opposing side, if you like, is the Allied forces, Britain, eventually France, America. And what they basically do, and I'm really hoping at this point, if you haven't got it in front of you, grab, grab your PowerPoint or student notes, they have a three-pronged attack that they hope will work. And they kind of launch that from Eastern Europe in Poland, and it penetrates into Russia and they have three key armies 
Army Group North, and you can tell by these titles in which direction they head. Army Group North, Army Group Centre, and Army Group South. North, Centre, South. And as you read through your notes, you can see the names of the generals there who'd led these different groups. And basically, the idea was that they would move quickly into Russia to the north, to the centre, and to the south. And there's three key cities they were targeting. In the north, we have the city of Leningrad. You'll see this on the map. In the middle, more or less, we have the big city and obviously the, um, the capital of Moscow. And to the south, we have the city of Stalingrad. And those are the real kind of targets for Hitler and the advancing forces. When we think about Operation Barbarossa, the millions of men that were involved, the resources, the tanks, the munitions, the trucks, the fuel, we know that Germany needed what kind of victory? They needed a quick victory. They know that they can't roll this massive army and all these resources into Russia and expect it or you know, expect any kind of victory if this thing's going to take three or four years, five years. It's not going to work. The longer it took, the Germans know that the, the chances of success are going to diminish. Um, and as you read back through history uh, from, from centuries, that no one has successfully invaded Russia since the Middle Ages. It, it just doesn't seem to work for a range of reasons. Its size, the climate, um, and other factors that make it so difficult for foreign armies who are so far from home to continue the fight. Um, when you look at the map of the size of Russia, you can see how vast it is. And it's, it's kind of, you know, seemingly endless resources. Um, the harshest winters in the world um, that, that, that resist invaders. Uh, and this is what the Germans come up against. So I kind of want you to get that sense of background at this point, that this is what the Germans are hoping for. They're hoping to use blitzkrieg tactics. The aim of destroying the Red Army quickly um, and then really penetrate those major cities. What are they called again? To the north, Leningrad to the middle, Moscow, and to the south, Stalingrad. Um, the Soviets, when the invasion happens, are completely unprepared. Um, like, like they're asleep at the wheel, you know, sitting there with their feet up, and suddenly they are part of the largest land invasion in history. Uh, they're completely unprepared. And it says in your notes there that major sporting events were planned for the 22nd of June, and uh, that's the same day that the Germans were rolling in, smashing down the door, uh, you know, advancing tens and tens of kilometres, even hundreds of kilometres, into, into Russia. And really, at that point, the world watches with absolute fascination about what is going to happen. Because if you just stop and think at this point, that if Hitler is successful here, and he's able to penetrate deeply into Russia quickly, and Russia surrenders, then Britain has a crisis on its hand. Because at this point, the Americans are not mobilised. They're starting to think about conscription. They're starting to think about um, their, their kind of involvement and what it might be. But they're not at all mobilised to the extent that they become soon. And Britain at the moment 
in, in the far western side of the European continent stands alone against the Nazis really as as the only major force. Of course, you know, their kind of alliances they have, including countries like Australia, and technically at this point Australia is at war with Germany and others, New Zealand, for example. But Britain as a major European power stands alone. So I want you to see what I'm saying here, that Stalingrad is... Whatever the outcome is going to be a massive turning point for the war. If the Germans win and Russia surrenders and Stalin is essentially removed from power, that that will be an incredibly bad thing for the allied forces with with Britain and their, their allies. But if Germany lose and they get stuck in Russia and they can't, penetrate through to those cities, Leningrad in the north, Moscow in the middle, Stalingrad in the south. Now I'm ignoring lots of other cities at this point and when you look at a map you'll see what I mean. But it poised on a knife edge and from the 22nd of June 1941 the invasion begins. I'm going to stop there on this podcast. Uh, I don't want to go too long. There's a little bit of background for us on what was the lead up to the battle um, the battle to invade Russia and the Operation Barbarossa. In the next one, I will talk about how the battle unfolds, what actually happens, and why Germany's advance is halted, because it is, and it starts to fall apart and go horribly wrong. But that's in the next short podcast. Have a listen to this. Make sure you send me questions. Make sure you read through the PowerPoint that's up on Canvas. And I will see you soon in the next one.